Hello and welcome to another Banky's question and answer session. And tonight I'm delighted to say that Alan Jack and Martin McInnes are both with us. How are we, lads? Good, thanks, David. How are you? Not too bad. Cheers. Uh, we'll probably take it back to the start just now. I'll start with you, Trigger. Um, 2006, were you playing yeah. under 21s? And how did the, the move come about originally? Yeah, um, <clears throat> well, I think me, Barry Dock, and Jed Hoy were at St Peter's, and then Rab Snedden, who was the product manager, took us up uh, to Newland Field or whatever and was wanting to sign us. And I went to the first training session, and it was about 30 guys there, um, all kind of much more experienced than us. And then I was going to go back, but I met Jimmy McQuaid and he was saying, look, you should probably come to Clyde Bank because uh, Pollock have just, they've signed a right back for however much money and he's on this, whatever. You're just at a 21, so you'll never, you'll not get a game basically. So he said, you'll have a better chance if you come to Clyde Bank and play and hopefully develop sort of thing. So that's kind of, um, it was Jimmy McQuaid that took me to Clyde Bank, so I owe him a lot. And Jacko, this, the same summer, obviously you were more experienced at that point, but what were your sort of first impressions of the club? I think as I said before, and I've, I've said this every time I spoke about the club, massive club with massive potential, um, and that was one of the biggest things about coming there. The support as well was brilliant. But to be fair, Buddy was a friend, Jimmy McQuaid was a friend as well, and you've got two really experienced guys, experienced coaches, and it makes life a lot easier when you're making that, you know, step. And to be fair, my first year, my first season at Clydebank, I was struggling with injuries. And Jimmy and Budgie, in fairness to both of them, they turned around and basically said to us, look, we're not interested in you getting fit. Don't rush yourself. Don't, don't force it, basically. And that pretty, that pretty much was great advice for both of them because I had a stop-start season, but because they were allowing me to rest and they would more focus on the season afterwards, then it's a really, it, it gives you a lot of comfort and confidence because you can do that. Whereas I've played with managers before who would be turning around saying to me every two minutes, are you fit, are you fit, are you fit, are you fit? And you're rushing it, so you're under pressure doing that. Whereas Jimmy and Budgie, no, it was like, look, take as much time as you like. So honestly, brilliant advice. And then obviously the year after that, that, the rest and everything else done me great, you know what I mean? And got myself fit, which was good. Trigger, you obviously mentioned that you were signed as a, a right back, but you ultimately played like, right across the, across the <laughs> back four. Was there ever a, a point where you had what, one position that you really want, wanted to play, or were you just always happy to, to fill in? Um, I would I, I would play anywhere. I'd play in goals if I was asked to, um, because I just want to be, you want to always play. Um, but I think it was when Paul Allen came, uh, I think he kind of took the right back position. <laughs> so, and then they were like, there was, I think there was a left back, but then they shifted me over and I, I played a few good games there and then they just kept playing me there for a while. But I think when I eventually moved, we played three at the back for one one or two seasons and I was playing sort of right centre half almost behind, uh, just in front of Gary Lynn, he was the sort of sweeper. And then that's when I felt kind of comfortable and that's, uh, I really enjoyed that. And I've sort of stayed in that sort of position, sort of centre half since then. So uh, I've had a good schooling, so. And this is a question from David Lundberg for, for both of you. I'll stick with you for just now, Trigger. Um, who were the best players that you, you played with at the club? Um, no, <laughs> I have said in the past that Jacko is the best player I've played with. Um, and somebody once said to me, like, obviously playing with Darren McKinnon, who's another fantastic player, like, how, how could he not be ahead of Jacko? Um, but I think it was what Alan did for me personally and a lot of the young guys at the time. Um, as I say, we started at the same time. He'd obviously come in. He was a more experienced player. And just the way he looked after, all we had quite a, a young squad the first season I was there. And... Guys like Kim and Andy Kenna, like John Cunningham, um, Sinky, they kind of looked after uh, the younger ones and made us feel at home. Never did we get made to feel belittled or inferior to anyone. Um, but Jacko was, had 
class, do you know what I mean? Um, I always remember there was one night, he always used to bring Josh to training, Josh was only like five, but there was one night we were training at the rugby club, and um, it was like really dark, peeing a rain or whatever, miserable, and it's obviously, there was a rugby ball left, and somebody went and booted it about 60 yards up in the sky, and Jacko like, controlled it, we like the, the inside his foot, done a few keepy ups and then booted it away, and then he's like running away, chasing the wee man. Do you know what I mean? Just celebrating. I think he always wanted to impress his, his boy. Do you know what I mean? So he was in his goal against Lockheed. My dad still talks about that. Do you know what I mean? Um, the goals he scored are frightening. So just what a player. And Jack. That's really nice. <laughs> to be fair to you, I'm not being funny. That is really nice. And and then, to be honest with you, I think it speaks volumes to the type of boys, or young guys as well, no boys, because you were young men, right, that came into the team. And one of the things that, see, at the end of the day, it's a team effort and it's a team game. doesn't matter what age you are or whatever it is. Everybody deserves respect, deserves time and everything else as well. And you need confidence. You need confidence. And that's what a lot of young people need in them in their life, not just at football, but in their life. And somebody has to tell them, you know, you're doing well, you're doing great and everything else. And that's a thing that's that's just natural you need to tell people because I think it's important. And you know, even if you even as a teacher, even as a parent, you need to give your kids confidence because if you don't, nobody will. There's yeah. always somebody going to be negative. And that's it's, it's renowned actually. It's actually sickening. Oh Basically, put the, put the same question to you that I put to Trigger. Who, who were the, the young players that impressed you throughout your time, essentially? He thinks he thinks I'm going to just say this to him, right? But I've never seen somebody that's that's had as much ambition, hunger, work rate, enthusiasm, desire, and be and be a nice person, right? So you've got Martin that's got that, as I said, the fitness, the athleticism, everything was just oozing at him. Honestly, if he didn't become like a footballer and like that, he'd have been a boxer or an athlete or whatever. He had that ability to do that. And you know what? He was a nice person, mate. And if anything was going to be his downside, it was being a nice person. See if he had that devilment in him where he was going to be a sinky. Because sinky had that devilment in him, right? My brother had that nasty streak as well, right? You were probably nice with it. You would you would go and smash somebody and then pick them up at the same time so you're <laughs> Do you know I mean? Whereas Sinky, John, or other players I played with would just keep running on the top of the guy. And you know, that's not a flaw because that's a nice thing, that's a nice quality to have, you know, as a person, as a footballer, whatever you want to do, because you've done it in the right way. Your time in the air was incredible as well. We hailstones, we hailstones was fitness, ability, everything. Um, you know, seeing that whole squad. Lappy as well. Lappy was a decent player. Lappy Aye. could play. Lappy could play. Lappy was very technical as well. Great touch. Could see a pass. Could score a goal. Andy Kenner. Jesus. I've never seen a wee guy with an engine. He was older than me. <laughs> I'll tell you. Andy Kenner helped me get fit. Andy used to come up to our work at 6 o'clock in the morning. And we would go and do a 10k and then go running about the park and everything else. So, when you're talking about young players and that's the thing about that squad. Do you know that's the thing about that whole squad? With such a with such a, a variant a variant of players yeah. from ages to types of players as well. And yeah. I think that's what made it work so well. You know, we, we all had one main big J C. Big J C was great in there. Yeah. Big J C was another one that was good there as well, you know. Um and 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 that's what made such a good team. That's Ziggy. I've never seen a second ball with the size of Ziggy. Jumping head in a ball as many, you know, and, and he was good in there. He was great yeah. in there. Yeah. You know, he can speak about e. Clinton Maxwell as well. Quality uh, uh, player as well. Uh, and and that's the thing about the whole team. It was just it was a good team with good players and we all had something to add to it as well. So uh, there was lots of them. I know. I actually played against uh, Clinton uh, Maxwell a few months ago. He was playing with Mulgai amateurs. He's kind of managing them, but he came on as a sub. And uh, so that was like, I think that's 14 years later, so I think you're playing against someone you played with. So it's, yeah. it's funny, do you know what I mean? It's the people you meet is, 
uh, and you, you get to know it's that's what's brilliant about football. Do you know what I mean? It's magic, mate. It really is. Football's brilliant that way as well. But that that team, you know, we had a lot of really good players in that team. To be fair. Aye, aye. and a good squad and good people. because remember, um, Bowie had phoned. He was working in McDonald's, I think, and he'd phoned in sick for a, a game. And I think he scored, and his picture was in the paper. <laughs> he got hauled in, and that was him. He couldn't. I think I that, was, that was the end of him. He just he couldn't play anymore because he couldn't commit. Yeah. Um, so, Clyde Bank Press have got a lot to answer for. Do you know what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say all these journalists, but that brings me on to my next point. Obviously, uh, a message from Del Kelly talking about um, Alan Jack and a journalist. There's a, a story there. As I said, it was, there is a good story, actually, to be fair. Me being me and having ants in my pants, uh, in my office one day, bored out my skill, and I thought, who can I phone? Who's going to be, who's going to be my victim? And unfortunately, we, we Andy Kenner was my victim, wasn't he? And uh, as I said, I've picked up the phone and I says, uh, hello, can I speak to Andrew Kenner, please? And he's like, uh, who is it? And I says, it's uh, Scott Campbell, Scott's son. He's like, all oh, right, aye, okay, what is it, what is it? He's uh, just doing a wee uh, player profile, you know, and uh, just want to ask you a few questions. Uh, ask away, ask away, ask away. Phone and uh, what, what's life like at uh, Clyde Bank just now? So he then starts going on to spiel how it's great and how he's doing brilliant and everything else. So I asked him a few questions about it. Andy, you, you were never a prolific goal scorer, but you're scoring goals for fun now. Is there any particular reason why that is? And he, he happened to say, aye, he says, well, Jacko, he says, he, he just lays them on a plate for me, right? And I, and he, I says to him, I says, oh, Alan Jack, he's like, ah, he says, I know Alan Jack, I know Jacko personally as well, he says, and I spoke to Jacko a few times, he says, um, you know, he's a, I know he's a good player, but and I know other guys speak highly of him, but how good is he, Andy? And he's like, oh, he's, he's good. I said, but no, 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 but how good is he, Andy, right? He's like, Oh, he's the best I've played. He's the best I've played, right? Now, at this point, I've just burst out laughing and I had to hang the phone up, right? And then at that point, you realise my mobile's went, he's ah, is that you? <laughs> Flat. Sorry, mate, I had to be done. I says, you know this? I says, mate, it's not going any further. I'll not tell anybody. As soon as I got to training that night, I was in the dressing room like everybody. We and they just got stitched up big time. He thought he was on the phone to the Scottish son. So that's where that story came from. That was the short version. <laughs> Highlights. Hi, highlights. <laughs> Talking of highlights, Trigger, is there a particular moment or or goal or performance that, that stands out for you throughout your time? Uh, obviously, Jacko's goal against Lockheed was, and a couple of his goals were quite memorable. Uh, probably the, the final we played against Shots, where I scored, which was a surprise to everyone, I think. Um, but that was it was just a great night. That shots kind of were on the back. I think they'd won they'd, the league and the Scottish Cup, or they'd got promoted, but they'd won the Scottish Cup. And they came in with quite confident, obviously. Um, and I, th I think we beat them 3 0. So uh, that was that was a really great night. And the fans, again, were brilliant. But I also remember our first, the first season, we also got to the final of the was it sectional league cup and played Pollock. And that was quite interesting because obviously going to that training session with Pollock and then seeing some boys or guys, men, that weren't even stripped, they're still standing aside with their shirt and ties on, not even being on the bench and you're playing in the final. And obviously we get beat, but it was a it was what a night and just the crowd, like I think it was played at Mary Hill Junior's pitch, which is obviously, and there was like 3,000 people there. So it seemed pretty, for me, it was intense, do you know what I mean? And as Jacko would say, I was a bag of jaggies that night, so, um, <laughs> which didn't help my performance, but it was still, and we lost, but it was a big marker in terms of like, well, we've just, we're, the season's just started and we've got a final, so I, I thought uh, that's going to be brilliant at this club sort of thing and, and it was. Oh, well, Jacko, obviously we, we can't have a discussion with you without talking about some of the memorable goals. Is there one that stands out? Is it the, the Lockie one? I think the Lockie one's the one that everybody speaks about as well and, and you know 
Ah, it's a, it's a brilliant goal. See, be honest with you, right, David, I, I, see, Trigger told you the story about the rugby ball, right? I was happy doing that. I was happy doing that or see if I nutmegged a guy or whatever it was. I was just happy to do that because I enjoyed my football. So whether I scored a goal that was like Lockheed or whatever, I'll tell you one of the best goals that I probably scored for me because it's cheeky was the, the chip against Coburnie. The chip against Coburnie for me is because, as Trigger will tell you, and Jimmy, Jimmy McQuaid used to say to me just about every game, son, shoot for the whole final, shoot, try and do the keeper, try and do it. Do you see him off it? Go for it and everything else. So I would. So goals like that, I love goals like that, or some of my free kicks as well. The free kick against Athlete as well, you know, the one, um, I think my brother actually played that day um, at Dunterley, where we, you know, I put the free kick in as well. So I, I, I just love scoring. I just love scoring goals. I just love being, you know, making people happy as well, you know, because, and that's the thing about uh, Clyde Bank. It means a lot to people at Clybank. It means a lot to the supporters. Look at what you are doing currently. Look what you are trying to achieve. Obviously, now you're in the pyramid system as well, which is where you should be as well. So it means a lot to that, right? So if, if, if I can... Trig, you'll understand as well what it's like when people like you for doing something. It's a great feeling. So it gives something back like that to the supporters. It gives you even more of a buzz. So... Whether it be a goal at Lockheed or even the right foot tapping against Johnston Borough, which is a, a rarity, you know, it, it, it's 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 brilliant because the fans love it. The fans absolutely love it, and I think it's it, it's great. You know, even even the penalty kick against Kevin Bell, where I told him not to watch the eyes and he picked the ball. <laughs> you told every keeper that. I, I love all that. I, I, that I, that I love because that's part of football, and that's what's been taken out of football in general. This, you know. Schumer, um, you know, banter, if you like. And that's that was one of the biggest things that I loved. And, and, and Clyde Bank allowed me to do that. Clyde Bank allowed me to have good fun and enjoy my football, which is the most important thing. Right. And all the young guys, I know. I mean, banter is unreal in the dressing room. Big stinky. And, and, and uh, I mean, Jed Hoy. Jed Hoy was one of the nicest boys you could ever meet in the planet, right? But I used to call, have you seen me, myself, and Irene? You seen that film? Have you? Of course. I, <laughs> I used to sit and say to Jed before a game like that, right, Jed's son, who's playing a day, Jed or Hank, right? <laughs> He'd be like, straight away. He would just bite straight away. So it, it was all just banter, you know, and, and that that's me. So whether it's a goal, whether it's a nutmeg, whether it's banter or whatever, I just love doing things like that, honestly. So goals, whatever, so it would have to be the Coburnley one probably, as I would say, that where, where the keeper was in his backside and everything else, you know, it's funny. So. It's funny, Jacko, Jacko had a nickname for everyone, like there was a boy, uh, Colin Sutherland, who <laughs> <laughs> he always he always used to talk about like how hard he was and stuff like that, and Jacko called him Susitron because... Well, killer, killer. I call I will, killer, killer and Susitron, you don't have nicknames for people, you're... So, and then obviously he called me Trigger. That's, he named me, christened me Trigger. So even like, I think How Andy Kenner. What's that? How was that? Uh, well, somebody did once say, is it cause you're hard and it's like a gun? That's not my words, their words. Uh, uh, but Andy Kenner met someone for my bit, where I'm only known as Martin, for Barhead. And he's like, ah, you'll know Trigger. And the boy's like, ah, no, never heard it. Trigger, you, know, you must know Trigger, come on. And the boy's like, ah, no. And I don't think Andy could even remember my real name. So um, it was somebody in the fire service, but I did actually go to school with the boy, so. Brilliant, brilliant. You know, you know the big guy Colin you're talking about? Arthur ah, yeah. Killer, right? Arthur <laughs> Colin Killer. He actually, he actually then got called at every other place he went. So he went. Stuck with him. Killer. Stuck with him. Honestly, killer. Remember, I used to say to him, I say, "Big man, you're a candidate to come." Honestly, you you're a candidate to come in and do us all in one night. <laughs> Shoot up the school. And I he says, "You're not a doctor." And he used to go mental, didn't he? Ah uh, no, he would. He would bite. He would bite. 
was a good crack. It was, good. Ah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Well, Tiger, you've mentioned the likes of Colin, uh, Sinke, JC. Did you have a particular favourite in, in terms of what, a defensive partnership? Uh, probably Ross Campbell. Uh, he was, for me, because like, we were sort of the same age as well. Um, he's a wee bit younger than me, but he was. I thought he was a really outstanding defender, classy, could play, really capable. Um, so playing beside him, I thought, was really uh, a, a great experience. But also probably Gary Lynn was an amazing defender as well. So he could read the game. Didn't, he could pass the ball fantastically well. So I uh, played with a, And then, then on the other side of that, you've got John Cunningham, Sinky, who are just like hard as nails. And so, so you're getting sort of two learning experiences. You're getting like old school, just go through them and smash them. And then you've got Gary and Ross who are trying to be more sort of ball players or whatever. So, and a wee bit more um, trying to keep the ball in the, the carpet. <laughs> so, and I would probably say I'll, I'll try and be somewhere in between that sort of thing. Maybe Buddy and Jacko and that made us a <laughs> No, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think you tried and actually, believe it or not, Martin, you were actually very good technical as well. And you, we used to do the keepy uppies and Big Martin used to throw in a few, the Big Tricks used to throw in a few tricks here and there. I'm like, where do you get that for you? Actually, there's, there's obviously, he's not pulled that out for anybody. He's been in the back yard and practising. <laughs> so, and that's what I say, that, that, that's goes without saying and, and you know it's very difficult to try and pick a favourite player or whatever it is because there's so many good guys in that team that brought something different and that's that's the beauty and I can use my brother and me for example I, I used to sit and listen to managers and go ah oh he's got desire he wants he's gonna go and do that I'm like, well, he may have a desire to go and smash somebody but he's not got the same desire that I've got to go and get the ball. Mm. And that's why, you know, we can't all be the same. We can't all be the same. We've got to be different. And that's why it makes a good thing as a team. You know, yourself. Who else before? Paul Allen as well, right? You know, let's think about it at the back. Gary Lynn can't run as quick as you. Gary Lynn can't be as fit as you. Gary Lynn doesn't have the strength for you. So therefore, but yet Gary's got composure. He's got the experience. He can read yeah. the game. He can then play a pass. He knows when to play it. He knows when to knock it along as well. So that's that's just what happens in football. Me, I'm not going to run through a brick wall for somebody. I'm not going to go and smash somebody. But I'll, take, I'll, I'll pass. I can move. I can you know do bits and bobs. But again, we've all got the yeah. Andy Kenner. Andy Kenner's going to go box to box uh-huh. all day long. You know, so you've got loads of that. Mark Hailstones as fit as he come is as hard as nails as well for a wee guy. Uh-huh. Some league and technically very good as well. So we've all got something different in the locker that makes it that that is one of the best things for me in football. I play golf and I try and play golf right, and it's just it's just doing to you as an individual right. You can't blame anybody else right. But if you're playing in a team right, there's so much more in a team sport because obviously camaraderie and everything else as well. But the the fact of the matter is, if if bunnies have a bad game. We've got another 10 players there that can pull us out of hole. And to be fair, yes, at Clydebank, we had that. At Clydebank, we had that as well. And and I think that was a good stem in the dressing room that people... The dressing room helps. The dressing room helps. See if it's not a happy dressing room, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get everything clicking. And yeah. that's what makes a big difference. Because uh, I know you mentioned like the dressing room and and Budgie and Jimmy, how important they were, but old Eric um, and Bobby Cameron as well, just great. Well, well you know, <laughs> Budgie, Bobby, Bobby's Bobby's great. <laughs> I always remember you, um, you said they'd done a, a match report, he'd been away watching, scouting a game sort of thing, scouting a team and getting their match report and you'd, You'd sort of made up your own one that Bobby had written. And it was aye. like, I boy with the pink boots, he's sand dancer, thinks he's magic, nice, pies were brilliant. <laughs> 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 you 
dossier on the other team sort of thing. That was the Blair, I'll tell you, that was the Blair Gowrie Scottish Cup game he asked me. <laughs> And me and Fish went up, me and Fish went up, right? So, I'll tell you, actually, I've got a good story about that. So, me and Fish goes up, we lat, being the, the report man, and Bobby's there as well, right? And as you said, we lat. What, Ben? Thank you, out of the road, right? Talking a lot of nonsense. And we just started, obviously, we were being serious, but we are bamming him up at first. So, obviously, we went to Blair Gowrie, and we played the game. And we ended up winning it. So see a week later, a week or two later, right? So my family always go daft at me, right? For knowing everywhere we go, you know, somebody everywhere you go, and just he said about football. And I kid you not, we're at a family, we're at a family funeral in Blair Gowrie, right? And uh, God rest them. It's a family friend who's actually from in Tokyo and Clyde Bank, but he stayed in Ailith. So we're in the, the graveyard and we've just, you know, buried buried the family member and things like that. And me and my father-in-law is walking out, and the hearse stops right next to us. And the wind down, and there's this black priest. And the black priest is, I'm like, like you're right. He's like, yeah, you, you, I'm like, what is it? And I'm like, me. He's like, yes, yes. And the driver, right? The driver pops his head down. He's like, all right, Jacko, son. He's done well to beat. He's up here, didn't he? He was a player going the manager, so he was like, my father was like. Honestly, God, right, just get up the road, there's a lady you don't know. And I was like, very good. Honestly, and that's the beauty of football. You wouldn't get that way in the other sport. You wouldn't get that way in the other sport. Is that something you, you found like throughout your time at the club? That we always had that sort of balance of good characters as well as, as good players? Aye, I think, I think, um, I believe that you need to have character. You need to have character in any walk of life. Um, you're going to, if you're going to a, a, a dressing room, you've got to have a bit of um, character there to stand up to them. And that's why I always try to help young guys like Martin and, you know, Barry's and everything else. Try to make fun, but at the same time look after them, give them advice to it. Try and point them in the right direction because it's important to let them know that they're a part of it. But you build them up. You need to build them up in character. You need to build them up to make them strong. And give them confidence as well, but at the same time, not the confidence when it's just at the right place as well, do you know what I mean? So they're not getting too high above it as well. And it's just about managing that that person as an individual and, and, and just hopefully they, they take they take heed, as they say, and do it that way. So character is, is, is huge, you know. I mean, some of the things I couldn't tell you on here, but Sinky and I used to get some laughing so that, in Big JC, and we used to just horrible things to people actually be care but it was quite funny do you know what i mean some of the stuff we done so um but again it's character building it's good good banter as well you know so uh, it's, it's all good fun and uh, by the way i was on the, i was on the first year in india myself as well you know so it's good trigger someone's asked obviously paul allen came up in, in conversation earlier uh, to just ask you what your memories are of uh, barry cook paul allen a goal on a red card oh. Well, Barry Cook, I'd, um, I, I know Barry, he, he works in Renfrewshire, he's an active schools coordinator, so a couple of uh, years later I met him and he kind of explained to me uh, why he sent me off and he gave a kind of personal reason, he said his head wasn't in it and all this or whatever, but at the time, I think I'd scored that night as well, and then I get... I, I was asked to man mark someone as well in their team, uh, and I'd been booked, and then for persistent fouling, and then I get booked again for a foul that I just never thought was a foul. But I wasn't going to argue. But what's, I don't know what, what was how was Paul Allen involved in that? Well, he was sent off as well that game, and Barry ah, right. forgot that he was. Ah, right, okay. <laughs> forgot that he was already. Obviously, booked. my memory is just. <laughs> Melting away, do you know what I mean? Um, I no, it was. I think that was. We ended up getting. We get beat that night. Um, I think there was a boy that I played with at St Peter's under twenty ones, Richie Buck. He was playing with Glencairn and he scored. I think the one of the winner to make it three two. So uh, it was a bit a tough, tough night. But um, I think my picture was in the paper, so I was quite happy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and even in times, you're just like that, ah, brilliant. <laughs> I thought that was a five or fine. <laughs> I'll pay it. I'll pay that. Even as a student, I would have paid that. That's fine. <laughs> As for a wee discount, use my snap facts for a discount. <laughs> Jack, obviously you mentioned the, the player guy of the game. We obviously had some, some good Scottish Cup runs. Um, Trigger, you had, I think, 44 appearances in the in the Cup final season. What are your sort of memories of, of that season? Just un- unbelievable. Like, uh, to be fair, Stefan gone at that season was outstanding. Um, and he single-handedly <laughs> kind of kept us in. Uh, the, the the cup, uh, especially that first game. Who was that? Was it former time up in that? Was it Aberdeen? Yeah, Iowa. Uh, so he's like a last minute save, and I think Tingjad has had made up a compilation on this uh, on on YouTube, and I've watched that a couple of times because the boy overhead kicks it from about two yards out, and Stefan manages to save it. Um, obviously, his penalty saves that he made against Pollock in the semi-final, but even before that, um, has he made, like in the last minute, Pollock were winning 1-0, and that boy went through and had a great shot, and Stefan's just clawed it, basically, away, on uh, one of those ones, he could, the boy couldn't miss kind of thing, and Stefan's pulled off a, a worldie, sort of, so he, he was instrumental in getting us to the final, um, uh, obviously, I vi- vividly remember there was a bit of a panic in that semi-final because Jacko was on the bench, but they were desperate to get him on for the penalties because obviously he's going to send the keeper the wrong way. He's going to give him the old, don't look at the custard pies, do you know what I mean? Um, so there was a wee bit of something happened over there on the sideline. And I think, I, I just remember Bobby Cameron kind of, we need to get him on, we need to get him on. There's only two minutes left. So, uh, and then just at the final, kind of that, when Chris, um, Chris Mackey, yeah. he scored just the place erupted. That, and I think it seemed like a cacophony of noise. Do you know what I mean? Good word there. What do you want to do? Cacophony. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that, that was my, my right at the thesaurus there. Jesus. <laughs> God, God. Like, uh, right, it was noisy. It was noisy. I like that. I like that. Very, it was noisy. It was no, it was the place was like I don't know how many people were there, but it felt at least fourteen thousand. I don't know if that's official or what, but it was you, the noise was unbelievable and when we scored to make it uh, one each, it was frightening, but obviously it just wasn't to be. And see, at the time you don't kind of realise, but see really, all can let playing at rugby parks like a home game for them, do you know what I mean? So, and I think the one, the one season that was, it wasn't played at rugby park and they got to the final was when they played shots and they get beat. So I'm still not bitter, but uh, greats on me a wee bit. So, Jack, what was you? weren't involved in that in the end. Is that something that you, you look back on? Mm. Even 10 years on? Listen, you can't change it and it's not something that I, that I send up. Believe it or not, for somebody that's a bit daft, I'm a wee bit philosophical. What will be, will be. I don't look back at anything. I don't regret what, uh, what happened or whatever, anything like that at all because I, I don't like injustice. I was club captain and I want to help the players and support the players and there was a lot of players coming to me with a lot of issues. Believe it or not, I was injured quite a lot that season as well but they were coming to me with a lot of issues because they weren't playing and things like that and as club captain it was my job to address that and go and ask the questions. So it wasn't the fact that I wasn't happy, I was actually de- being the good person and trying to help others but, um, and it was just a few training issues where certain individuals were coming to training, you know, on the tough nights and there was guys there who were working hard and so on and so forth. So these things happen in football and you know what? Part of me probably I okay maybe keep it shut and everything else, but I'm not that t- I'm not that type of person. I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Um 
I'm not, I don't hold grudges either. So, I mean, as I say, I still speak to Budgie. Budgie's a mate as well. Um, still speak to Jamie if I see him as well. So, I don't hold grudges with anybody. Um, but at the same time, I don't like things. Uh, people, if I think there's been an injustice, then I'll say, give my opinion of it. And, and obviously, live with, live with it. You was it they say, live, live and die with the sword, as they say, you know what I mean? But that's what happens. And um, as I said, it's. It was just a shame it ended like that, aye, because I'm being honest with you, I love the club, absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. That's probably why I was involved so much in terms of as a club captain. I was, I felt it was my place to try and help these other guys because, you know, you're so emotional, you're passionate about it and everything else. And that's what just what happens. That's just what happens with football, you know. You can, it's probably just bad time to go as well, you know, so it's just one of these things. Trig, obviously, you went on to, to captain the club for a number of um, appearances. Yeah. Do you think that was something that was a reward, essentially, for, again, something the same as Jacko? You both sort of got it, you got the club? Yeah, well, I would like to think so. Um, and I think there was <clears throat> a bit, uh, an element of Martin's been with us for a number of years. He's been reliable. He's never let the, the club down. And... He's kind of. I was playing. I was staying fit at the time. I, I don't. I wasn't injured that much. Um, so I think it was for a, not like in terms of your ability or whatever. Um, but I think maybe my my ability to lead by example sort of thing. So like always turn up at training, giving a hundred percent. Those kind of small things more than your ability on the field in terms of. Uh, what you can do with the ball or even your ability to kind of grab others by a scruff of the neck or anything like that. I wasn't that kind of captain. I didn't even, they always used to slag me because I didn't wear the captain's armband. I just didn't, I felt, well, I, <laughs> I kind of felt the pressure of it, to be honest. Um, they'll know I'm the captain when I go up and shake hands at the start of the game, that's what I used to say, and we're, we should all be captains, that's, that was my, my get-out clause sort of thing, so... Um. I, think, <laughs> I think on Trigger's behalf, and it, you look at him, even now, it's how he carries himself, how, it's how he's looked after himself. So you hear people about talking about guys who become good professionals. Martin was a good professional. And I think for young guys to look up to somebody. So, for example, if there was a, a running session or a training session or whatever it may be, he is going to be up at the front and he's going to be leading that pack. So for any youngsters coming to a club or whatever and they're seeing a guy who is coming to the twilight, as they say, right, and they're still pushing, they're still going for it, they're still going for tackles, they're still running the ball, That's that. you don't need to speak a lot to be that because as Martin says, there should be other speakers on the park, there should be a goalkeeper speaking, there should be a fullback speaking, a striker should be speaking. They can see more than anybody else as well. But in terms of leadership qualities and people looking up to somebody at that 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 stature, then that, that's what's all about. You know, in in especially when they're training. And that's that's probably the biggest thing I can say, Trigger, is because your 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 motivation, your your uh, enthusiasm, but also your, your your passion for your training to keep fit. You led by example. Mm. Whereas you couldn't have a captain that would be at the back or whatever. Yeah. I mean, even when I was captain and when I was trying, I would always try and make sure that I was fit. Yeah. As much as I always carried an issue with my weight and everything else, I always tried to make sure I was fit. Because yeah. if you were fit, then that made a big difference. Um, but I think, again, Again, so and that's what I'm talking about. Even Josh remembers you and everything else because it's part of it. You took time out with Josh. You used to play football with Josh. That's, again, the type of person you are. And all the boys are that as well. So, And that's why you become a captain. Uh -huh. Because not only you're a leader, but you're considerate. You're considerate about your teammates. Uh -huh. You're thinking about them. You're showing, you're leading by example. Uh -huh. So these are all qualities that you, you have. And, you know, that's what it's about. Yeah. Well, I had to play with someone at my level. He was five, but... <laughs> <laughs> Trigger, obviously, towards the, toward, towards the end, you had a, a couple of really serious injuries. Uh, 
how mentally challenging was that for you more than anything else? I was I was devastated to be honest because um, I got injured against Vela Clyde and I went for about five different opinions from different physios and kind of nobody was giving me a sort of straight answer. Nobody was too sure. They were saying it might be um, your cartilage or whatever. And I ended up paying for a private scan at Ross Hall. Ross Hall. And then, so when that came through, the, I told my cruciate, I was absolutely gutted. Um, so I missed the best part of that season. And that's when we got um, promoted, I think. Stevie Dallas was playing at the time. I think Archie McPherson and Tommy Martin, they had signed. And it was before I, I injured in maybe October. And we were flying at that time. And I, I personally felt I was playing well. So it was really tough to take, to know that you're not going to be involved as much sort of thing. But uh, again, just I kept myself fit. Um, that went to the gym, made sure I was fit before getting into the operation. Um, and then I came back, obviously, just about Christmas time when we were in the sort of top division. And my first game was against Pollock, which Pollock seemed to feature quite. There's a, been loads of good games against Pollock and, uh, and we beat them that day. And it was just, and my dad still talks about when after the game, like about every single person passing him by when I returned was shaking his hand and um he was he was overwhelmed sort of thing with the, the support and again as Jacko said like the supporters of the club are unbelievable and I think it's something that I wasn't fully aware of because I hadn't experienced any other junior team or whatever but you realise the difference when you go to another junior team because I went to after Clyde Bank I went to Nielsen Juniors um, and which is a great club, but it's just not the same at all. Like the the sort of the, the heart and desire of the fans, the number of fans, the it's just night and day sort of thing. So, and then obviously before I went to Nielsen, I, I, I tore my cruciate again at Clybank. I think I actually tore it against Auckland Lake. I just remember the boy Gormley twisting and turning and I tried to stay with them and I just felt a big crunch in my knee and um, I played on, we, I think we got beat 3-0 that day but there was like maybe five games left of the season and I played every game but it just it didn't feel right at all and then I think the last game was against Arthurly and it was the second half and I'd felt a bit weak before the game like my stomach was upset and stuff like that. Probably nerves as well playing against Arthur because I'm from Barhead. <laughs> so, but I was running up the line and the boy James Marks was kind of hid the ball and then my knee just buckled. And see, to be fair to him, he put the ball out and was wanting me to get some assistance or whatever. So, but I thought, no, this, this is bad sort of thing. So, I, th I thought I need to call this a day. And then I tried to give up football, but it lasted about six weeks, so then I was back. But because Budgie never phoned and I told him I'd left, I then I was going to the gym and I signed Arthur United with an amateur team, and they said come train. And I went and trained. And then it's like come play a friendly. Went and played a friendly. Come and sign. I sign. You play a few games and then Nielsen Juniors phoned and they were like just come up to us, and then Budgie phoned and said why did you know. You could have said, and I said, but well, you never phoned, and I didn't want to punt myself about, do you know what I mean, and say I'm back or whatever. Um, so it, by that time, I'd signed for Nielsen. But the difference in the two teams um, in terms of the, the structure, the support, um, is pretty different. You know, Nielsen's still a great club, but Clyde Bank's a different level. So uh, it's... So get the in terms of injuries, I was tough, but you sort of you just need to roll with the punches. Jack, how how do you feel in in terms of what makes Claybank that bit different from from other teams? Fans, fans, bottom lines are fans. Um, they make you so welcome at the club. They buy empty, 
we need to buy into them, we need to buy into you need to understand what they're thinking, what it means to them. Um why does why do they, they you know they're, they're doing a thing on Twitter that I need to buy a club actually as well um, for your ten pound. Why does so many of these people invest in this club? Why do they want this club to do so well? How has Joker became the way it's became because of the Clyde Bank fans? It's passion, it's drive, it's you know, it's, it's about being part of the town. And I think it's such a nice thing to do. Um and you know, as Martin pointed out, his dad walking down his, and up shaking his hand because it's Martin's first game back. They don't need to do that. It's like Josh, they all remember Josh. Josh, as you know, was used as a wee guy for the, uh, the bankies, what was it, bankies kids or something like that? Yeah, junior bankies, yeah. Bankies. So it's massive, it's, it's, it's all about being a part of something. And if you don't buy into that, then you'll never ever understand it. So I think the fans are, are, are what makes Clyde Bank, you know, and, and, and you know, never take in for me for Budgie McGee and what Budgie McGee done at Clyde Bank as well and where he took them to. Um, if I'm being honest with you, I don't think we've, we've, we've got that consistency yet. I don't think we have, and I don't, that's not a slant on Kieran, it's not a slant on Moffe either. It's because of what Budgie, Budgie, you know, had that. Now, you can say, you can say it becomes, it could maybe become a wee bit stagnant. However, the consistency year in, year out, year in, year out, was always there because you know somebody that, that, that knows the club, that knows the supporters, it's, that's trying to do that, and that's that's not slant on Kieran or Moff either, but it takes a different type of thing. And managers, and the point I'm trying to make here is is that managers come and go, but the supporters never go. The supporters are always there. The supporters are there, and when it's pissed in the rain, the supporters are there, you know, following you, um, Carnoustie or you know, Talbot midweek games, midweek games, you know, because I've still got the supporters there, so. I think, you know, how how their passion is, even, you know, what other junior side is doing a, is doing a virtual player of the year, right? Now, not being disrespectful to anybody, but, you know, they've, they've still got that mindset, even though they, they didn't get any silverware or anything like this year, they've still got the mindset to make sure that they're doing something for the players and for that management, because it's important that they do that. There's not many other people or any other clubs that are doing that. So it's such a big town, if you like, Clyde Bank, where it's got a lot more to offer. And if more people buy into it, then it'll thrive. As you've seen in the cup final with the amount of supporters that were there as well. Um, Clyde Bank, not only is a junior team, but Clyde Bank's got a lot of history. And a lot of people, the town in particular, if you like, the councillors of the town have forgot about the history. Singers and John Browns and all the rest of it, or whatever it is, they're all massive parts of that town. And when the club was taken at that point, that was another big void. So you've got to thank the supporters for keeping that club going, for keeping that club going, whether it be junior and now into the, the I don't know whether they're calling it semi pro now or whatever it's going to be, but you're putting it in that semi professional ranks again to move up the tiers. And by the way, Clybank have got basically the, the infrastructure to do that. They've got the infrastructure to do that and they will do that and they will do it over to it. And they've got the determination and the fans have got determination and motivation to do it. And that's what I'm trying to say is the most important part is the supporters because Alan, Jack, Trigger, Sinky, Budgie, my brother, Darren McKinnon, Moff, everything else, we're all, we're all just a part of that jigsaw and we try and make it best. The real people that make it is the supporters. It's the supporters that have totally done everything else. You know, you you know, think about if you think about it from when we played, it was it was um, you know, and Adam Cairns, Eddie Cairns, putting out the strips, all the sweets, all the Capri Suns. They boys done that after him back. They boys done that after him back. They didn't. They didn't have to do that. You know. You've got guys like Harky doing race nights. You've got your guys like yourself, David. Look, you're doing for the club right now. You know, you, there's loads. There's too many to mention. I mean, the Bankies babes. Look what they do every week. Absolutely incredible. You know, you've you've got. If you think there's, I mean, there's Stephen McLaren. There's loads I can go on, and even Jamie and Jamie. There's these. It's all about the club and the supporters, and that's the big thing about Clyde Bank right now. 
There's nothing else. There's nothing else that matters. It's it's their club. It's their club, and anybody that comes in here, it's going to buy into that. That's one hundred percent. Triggered. Obviously, Jacko mentions mentions passion there. That was something you obviously had in abundance. You're obviously now in the Hall of Fame alongside like the Edie and, and Cooper and stuff like that. That must feel quite cool. Ah uh, no, no, that's my my claim to fame. It's like, what does uh, David Cooper and Big Trick have in common? Both uh, Hall of Famers in the Clydebank. So, uh, no, that's I was. It was amazing to to receive that award and. Um, and I got a phone call for Jamie and, well, a text message actually, and he said, are you free this night? And it was obviously for a sportsman's dinner. And it, I, I was like, no, I've got my friend's 30th birthday. And he's like, no, seriously, can you just come? <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, well, obviously when he said we've got an award, but he didn't quite go into details. So I was like, oh yeah, of course I'll come. And so uh, it was a special night. And then some of the boys, they were there. Uh, Tommy Martin, he's like, oh, what brings you here to the sportsman's dinner tonight? Because obviously I'd left the club. And I was just like, oh, I didn't know what to say. Like, I was embarrassed a wee bit <laughs> to say. I was just like, ah, I'm just here with my dad because I took my dad. And then he, he had the wee booklet and he turned it around. And he's just like, aye, very good. Because <laughs> my face is on it saying, like, you're inducted into the Hall of Fame. So uh, it was, and I think, um, it was uh, just such an honour. Again, it's the fans. I think what they'd said was, obviously, Clydebank have been senior. There's been loads of better players played than myself. But I think they, they were saying some of the younger ones, even yourself, David, like you didn't see the senior players play. So you want to sort of recognise when the club did go junior some of those guys as well. So it's seen them on the, the sort of Hall of Fame. So obviously Mark Hailstones was the first, I think. And then I think it was me. So I know it was un, uh, overwhelming, do you know what I mean? And I had to speak, do a speech. So that was, I was sweating, I think more than I'm there, so. Well, I think that's a, a nice place to wrap up for this evening. Gents, thanks very much for, for joining us tonight. Thanks everyone for, for joining in and sending, a, sending in a question and hopefully we'll do something similar again soon. Yeah.